We're going to start today's session with a conversation with Mike Edelhart, Managing Partner at Social Start and Joins Partners. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Great. Well, tell us a bit about uh, your background, about your uh, funds, and um, let's get acquainted. Let's get you introduced to our audience. Sure. Happy to. So uh, I'm the managing partner of two separate but cooperative sets of very early stage uh, venture funds. Uh, Social Starts active since uh, 2010 and uh, Joyance Partners, active since 2016. Uh, they are the latest expressions of uh, my career, which basically goes back forever, since before the IBM PC. So I think I've been doing this longer than just about anybody and uh, have evaluated more early stage tech than anybody. So uh, a nerd of the first generation, uh, a uh, journalist by background uh, with a, a focus on science, did a lot of science journalism things, but primarily known uh, for founding the Ziff Davis Computer Magazines back in their day, PC Magazine, PC Week, that kind of thing, and the big testing labs behind them, so oversaw uh, those, and uh, the standard benchmarks of the PC era sat on the Internet Society board back then. Uh, got into venture through Masayoshi-san in the 1990s who bought Ziff Davis and started pounding his money into early internet companies uh, in uh, VC firms uh, uh, and started these with a colleague from Ziff Davis 10 years ago because we felt this generation of entrepreneurs had the potential for even greater impact at every level than the earlier revolutions we'd been part of and we wanted to be helpful. Uh, uh, our funds are unusual. Uh, we are worldwide funds focused on being present at the very start of companies. We call what we do moment of inception investing, and our goal is to be the first investor, at least the first professional investor, in companies with the highest potential for great value in investment segments with the highest potential for uh, great value. And what, um, when you say the first money, does that mean you invest in concepts or do you want to see a certain level of validation before you're willing to invest? The great question. We invest at the very beginning, but I'd be hard pressed to imagine a great entrepreneur today, even at the earliest stages who hadn't built something. Uh, so we don't uh, invest in ideas, not because ideas aren't interesting, but because to us they indicate that we haven't yet seen uh, genuine entrepreneurial intent uh, with script mm -hmm. language and uh, 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 AIs and uh, prototyping tools. Uh, even at the college level, we would expect to have seen something built and tested out on everybody else in the dorm or uh, in uh, an accelerator program. But we do invest very, very uh, early on the day companies are set up. In some cases, we even start talking to folks when they're still uh, in uh, uh, degree programs or still in the lab. But you don't need to see revenue necessarily. We often don't see revenue. We're, uh, we've invested across many categories uh, since we started, but we're uh, rather uh, directly focused on individual health and through health, the delivery of happiness across our funds. 
right now, mm -hmm. and that spans from consumer-related things, water and food and consumer goods, into very deep scientific things. And so often we're looking at companies that are well uh, ahead of revenue. <clears throat> and at that point, we're looking at uh, what's the segment that they're in. Do we believe in this segment? What's the nature of the science and technology we're looking at? Is it deep? Is it differentiated? And who are these people? Are these mm -hmm. the best possible human beings to take advantage of this opportunity in the world as it stands right now? And uh, social stocks and joint partners are two separate funds. What are the fund sizes of each of them? Sure. So we are right now about 70 million uh, all in, uh, and we will be more than doubling in size uh, between now and this time. Uh, next year, uh, we started with Social Starts and we are uh, investing out of Social Starts Fund 4, uh, which is called SSLPA, which is just under 20 million. So Social Starts is about uh, 50 million uh, all in across the funds to date. And uh, Giants, which is a single LP fund, it's backed by one large Japanese company, which is not SoftBank, even though I used to work there, uh, mm -hmm. is uh, 7 million right now. Uh, it will be, and it is one fund that invests in the US and Europe. Uh, it will be four funds by this time next year on the Joyant side, and we're just starting the fundraise for Social Starts Fund 5. So Social Starts multi-LP funds moving across multiple segments based on our methodology and analysis, and Joyant single LP fund focused uh, from the beginning specifically on individual Mm. And uh, Mike, you are—you uh, started off by saying you're investing globally, but Joyance is uh, um, U.S. and Europe. Yes, did I get that so, right? Uh, that's correct. So right now, Joyance is a U.S.-based fund that invests in the U.S. and Europe. Uh, by next year, Joyance will be, and occasionally in Asia. We are doing our first. Two, we have a couple of companies in Japan. Uh, and we are doing our first investments from that fund in India right now. Uh, uh, next year, there will be a full Joyance fund based in Europe. So we will be formally based in Europe and the U.S. and we'll be getting more active. And uh, Social Starts and the new fund, SH Squared, will be a worldwide fund. So it will be investing wherever we uh, opportunities. And where are you based these days? Well, uh, during these current interesting times in uh, San Francisco, but our team is worldwide. So we have, by definition, it's part of our methodology to be effective finding and investing in companies very early in their lives. Uh, so uh, we have folks all over the U.S., Europe, et cetera. So generally, I'm half time in the Bay Area, then a big chunk of time in New York, Europe once a quarter and Asia several times. My circuit writing has been truncated by COVID, so right now I'm in San Yes, of course. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the companies that you've invested in that are kind of representative of how you think about uh, investing. And tell us 
when you talk about a particular case study, talk about how you encountered them. What did you? What did they come to you with? What did they have when you encountered sure. them? And what yeah. is it about them that really convinced you to write the check? Happy to. And and before I go into the companies, it's probably over just how we operate the fund because it's not like most venture capital. So we uh, uh, each year take our funds all the way down to the foundation, and we rebuild them each year based on a tremendous amount of research, macroeconomic, scientific, human trend research, to identify eight or ten specific investment areas of focus for that year. And we alert our team, which is all over the world, to look for companies in those areas. But that team, and our team is very diverse by age, from 20s to 60s, by background, American, European, Asian, uh, by uh, specialty, three PhDs, medical doctor, data scientist, nerds like me, consumer-facing folks. And then the team is backed up by a suite of AI tools that we have uh, built here essentially designed to light up every brand new company in the areas that we are interested in. So to give a sense of the intensity of what we do, we uh, identified 10,000 companies last year. We evaluated 6,000 companies last year to drive 61 transaction investments last year. Mm -hmm. More than 400 since we started. Uh, we're the third or fourth most active early stage fund by deal volume in the world at any given point in time. So in many cases, we found them. Uh, uh, sometimes companies will find us, but uh, as often as not, we will actually reach out to the company based on all this research. So uh, kind of notable investments for us uh, using these techniques. Uh, when we first started, Social Starts was tracking where will social mobile technology have its next big breakthrough. We were present when Ben Silberman of Pinterest gave his first ever public presentation on the ideas that led to Pinterest, that wasn't even called Pinterest then, and we literally wrote the first check to Pinterest and uh, have been investors there since the beginning and clearly kind of a historic success. And uh, using these techniques, we picked up the early indications of e-commerce and wrote the first check to box the e-commerce giant in the U.S. In fact, we discovered that company while Che, uh, the CEO, was still uh, at Zynga, trying to decide whether or not to actually start Boxed, and we were part of his process that got him over the hump to actually do the company and wrote him his first check. Um, and uh, that's the pattern of our funds, the first check to uh, Greenhouse, the dominant digital recruiting platform, uh, to Lambda School, uh, 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 sort of a, a revolutionary breakthrough in how to acquire valuable new skills without having to pay for them for students. And then uh, since 2016, uh, uh, focused on uh, individual health in the same way. Uh, and uh, what we're looking for at the beginning, we, we talk about five T's. It's kind of uh, 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 a pathway and to talk about it, but it, I think it's it's helpful. Uh, so the first is uh, uh, the uh, uh, timing. That's the single biggest reason that startups fail is that it's the wrong time. And so why we put so much effort into identifying these segments each year is we want to be 
as sure as we can that right now is the right time for this segment. The science is right, the human attitude is right, the world situation is right for this to become real and important to a lot of people uh, today. So we test for that. Uh, and so anyone looking at us, we actually publish this in blog posts and other things. It's, uh, we're quite straightforward about it. here's what we care about right now. Uh, the second uh, is uh, technology and science. Uh, we're uh, deep science oriented, we believe. Uh, science and technology differentiation equals time to give the company the space to develop and uh, find its way because we're sure that the ideas we hear from the entrepreneur on day one won't be the ideas by which the company actually succeeds. It's all delineated by change and unexpected circumstances and uncertainty. Uh, and so we think the deep science and strong technological differentiation gives the company the space to go through all those changes and find its way. Uh, we look hard at the team in the sense of, are you, whoever is here, CEO, CTO, COO, co-founders, are you really the best people to do this in the world better than everybody? The Chinese kids, the Israeli kids, the team you don't know about that's coming out of Carnegie Mellon next week. That's one reason why we're so intense about finding a lot of companies is we want to know, we know what we need to know in terms of what's going on uh, in an area. Uh, we look at temperament. We believe that small groups of humans who love one another and love what they're doing can basically accomplish anything. And it actually correlates. Are you doing this for the right reasons. Do you love what you're doing? Do you love who you're doing it with? This is not going to be fun. The movies may make it look like fun, but it's not fun. So you have to be prepared to go to war with these people and to go to war with the world. And are you? And then we look at terms. So uh, given all of those things and all the companies in front of us, we're looking for the few companies. Our examination rate of companies is huge, but our investment rate is small, sub 1%. So we're building up a lot of context through uh, evaluating a lot of companies to find the companies that have the strongest indications along all those factors, and we'll invest in those. Very well, well put together. So, um, what is uh, what, what is one company that is emblematic or completely representative of all these values that you talked about? I'm happy to. I could go on for hours about this. Uh, and one thing we say at the fund though, is that it doesn't matter what we think. In other words, I'll talk about companies I love in our portfolio companies I think highly of, and it may turn out I'm wrong because uh, I'm an old American white guy and I have all of my own uh, habits and you know uh, prejudices and uh, blind spots, et cetera. It's about the six plus billion people on earth and what they want, and we as a fund try and focus on that. It's about them, it's not about us. Uh, but companies that we are uh, proud of and companies that we feel uh, uh, strongly about uh, indicate trends. One is a company called Ember, E-M-B-R. And what's interesting about that company is that it is both a deeply scientific product, five MIT PhDs, 19 patents, all of that kind of thing, and a consumer product at the same time. And that's something new in the world because in the past, deep science would be in a clinic, in a hospital, expensive machinery, lots of folks to support it, 
difficult for human beings to get at. An ember is a wristband. And if you hit one side, you feel five degrees cooler. And if you hit the other side, you feel five degrees warmer. Uh, and uh, you can buy it. You can have a personal thermostat if you want to warm up in the office, if you're working in a hot environment. And it's a terrific product producing a substantial high margin consumer sales right now. But it's also potentially an extraordinarily valuable clinical product. And uh, so the company is doing uh, uh, deals with big labs and big pharma that will take longer, which is the traditional bio route, but the consumer income they're getting right now will help underwrite that. So it's a whole new approach to the market. It's a new way of expressing science. It has the potential to produce huge value and, uh, and it can help people right now. So we love those kinds of uh, companies. Uh, one that tugs my heartstrings, tugs a lot of people's uh, uh, heartstrings is called uh, Trexo. It's an AI-mediated exoskeleton that allows children with uh, uh, really difficult syndromes like cystic fibrosis to walk. Yeah. And it's very clunky looking right now and it's expensive, but when these families experience a child out of bed and at the dinner table, uh, active in life for the first time ever, and when you see videos of a kid who felt, I'll never move, realize I can move, I can walk. And uh, it's just extraordinary. And again, it's an indication of what's coming because the next version of Trexo will be a much more elegant exoskeleton. And the version after that will be something that's applied to your legs. And the version after that might be functionally invisible. Uh, and uh, we think we're at a, a huge transition point in the science of health and the experience of health that brings it much closer to individuals and much more deeply into people's lives. And that's why we're centering our funds there. I love it. And uh, how do you see the trends, in, and, and especially because you're talking about personal health as a current focus and we are in this immense public health crisis, uh -huh. what, uh, what is your analysis? What, uh, how do you process the current environment yeah. and where we are going, et cetera? Um, it's a, a, a great question. Well, at the, at the highest level, we can't, uh, we're geeks, we're data people. This is a singularity, which means we can't look back in history and know exactly what's gonna happen here because even right. other downturns weren't as downturn as this downturn. We haven't had a whole economy stop before. Uh, and so, uh, uh, all we can do is look at sort of what we can see uh, in little uh, flashes of light. Uh, what we've seen in our portfolio is a dramatic upshift in value, which was gratifying, uh, but a little surprising to us. But when we look at it, it makes sense. We have uh, 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 products that help people in their home. Hamama lets you grow microgreens in a fail-proof way on your kitchen counter. People want to control their food. Uh, we have mood-related products uh, uh, that uh, help people right now uh, uh, feel a little better using a biomarker feedback and things like that. And people want that sense of control right now. We have things like high-end patio furniture delivered 
fear house and people want to, they're viewing their house as their castle more now. And all these are rising. We're also seeing some of the clinical companies rise. Lark, which is an AI that so accurately replicates the behavior of a registered nurse dealing with a chronic condition. It qualifies for standard insurance codes in the US. That company has been very successful helping hospitals handle patient loads. It's now being asked by the biggest hospitals in the country to take over those patient loads. They don't want the hospital. They can't take them at the hospital. So Lark has suddenly uh, jumped in value, and we have a number of companies like that. So uh, you put all that together, and, and what it sort of adds up to is that big chunks of the future are being dragged forward by COVID. That transition for Lark from helping in care to taking over in care might have taken three years, five years, 10 years, and it's happening this year. Uh, McKinsey sent out a really dramatic chart this week in one of their reports that said, nine years of progress in nine weeks. Kind of thing that we've had this very intense conflation of future of restaurants are gonna change, shopping is gonna change, uh, yeah. care is gonna change quickly, and we don't think the status quo will return when this is over. So that's the biggest thing uh, uh, we've, uh, we've seen. Is Lark selling internationally? Oh, I, that's a good question. I actually don't think so. I think they're, I should double check with them because I may be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I ask uh, Julia, the CEO, to forgive me. But I believe they're focused in the U.S. Right because their because, advantage uh, was the U, they qualify to get paid just like a living person uh, in the rather complex U.S. system. Well, uh, you know, I'm sure you're tracking what's happening internationally right now. India, Brazil, Mexico, these are right. populations that are deeply troubled and, and their hospital systems are not at all equipped to right. deal with what they're going through. And, um, you know, this, is, this yeah. is the moment where they could make a big difference and they should try to help if they can. Understood. And they just raised a huge round. Uh, and I think it's in part for those purposes. But we also know that you know, in, in, if entrepreneurs are listening, startups can only do so much. It's always tempting to want to conquer the world, but uh, uh, if you can only expand from the U.S., say, to the countries that adjoin it, or from the U.S. to a couple of big markets, or from the U.S. to Germany, uh, 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 startups that get too far out over their skis can just begin get very unstable. So I'm sure Julie is a great entrepreneur and I'm sure she recognizes the opportunity and will move quickly to seize it as greatly as she can uh, given all the available uh, resources. Yes, your point is well taken in the context of startups in normal times. Um, I would just argue that you know these are times, these are extraordinary times and, and if you can help, you should help. I agree with that. You know, it's probably worth noting that we, uh, for a whole lot of reasons, are not control-oriented investors. We never take board seats. We never tell our companies what to do. We're investing because we believe in the segment. We believe in the science. We believe in the team. We'll uh, help them a lot. We uh, are here for them to talk to a lot. We'll happily give advice if asked. But we believe strongly the company belongs to the entrepreneur and so I agree with you, but then it's Julia's decision to make where Mark goes. 
is Edward's decision to make about Nimble and where he'll take a platform that keeps older adults from falling. The same sort of thing. The clinics aren't there, so now he's taking over all that care. And whether he goes from being a helper to American hospitals and clinics to being all of American hospitals and clinics or all of everybody, because everyone can reach Nimble now over the net, in our view, is is uh, up to him. Uh, but you're right. It's we have big challenges, right? We had big challenges before COVID. And I've been telling our team, COVID isn't the pandemic, it's the first pandemic. The first pandemic, exactly. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, so we're gonna see out of COVID, uh, the new normal, but it's not the eternal new normal, it's the next new normal. So it looks like we're in for a kind of a period of sustained and uh, 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 potentially uh, dramatic change in a lot of different aspects of uh, the world. And uh, those are opportunities and challenges for all of us from the government level down. And yeah. uh, we uh, do want to back companies that can uh, address all of those. Uh, and the question I think is always in what order and how fast, not if. Mike, this was a fabulous conversation. I truly enjoyed it, and I'm sure the audience did too. Thank you for coming. I know you have to My run. pleasure. I'm sorry. Yeah, they, my, my team has figured out that I can't go anywhere. So they start back, booking me back to back to back to back to back, and I have no excuse. I can't claim uh, uh, I'm between meetings on the subway. Great to meet you. Sorry I can't stay longer. Yeah. Bye-bye. All right, thank you. Bye-bye.